Listener supported. WNYC Studios. I'm Carrie Nolan. It's Monday, January 16th, and time for WQXR's Washington Report Online. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, is David Sanger, Chief Washington Correspondent for The New York Times. Good morning, David. Morning, Carrie. David, you've just returned from the Middle East. Let's start with Cairo, where you spent most of the week. Nobel Peace Laureate Mohammed El Baradai announced on Saturday that he won't run for president of the country. Why did he drop out? Well, Kerry, just before the announcement, I went to see Mr. El Baradai, who, of course, used to run the International Atomic Energy Agency and is a pretty well-known um, foreign diplomat. Uh, he told me that he believed that while an uprising had happened in Cairo, the revolution really hadn't, and that the country was still in the control of the military and thus in the control of President Hosni Mubarak's old friends and cronies. And so he didn't feel that he could run in a race where he wasn't certain that the military was really ready to give up control. And, of course, that's the big question that's been hovering over Cairo over these past uh, this past year uh, since the revolution uh, first began. Let's talk a little bit about that. Egypt is the biggest of the Arab states and perhaps the most influential. Next week is the first anniversary of the revolution. So in the end, how revolutionary was it? Well, it certainly displaced the old order, uh, an order that had controlled the country for more than three decades. The question is, what emerges in its place? And, you know, there have been some surprises. They just went through a parliamentary election, and the Muslim Brotherhood uh, won nearly 50% of the seats. And they were surprised that a hardline fundamentalist group, the Salafis, won about 20% of the seats. And in fact, the Muslim Brotherhood doesn't feel very good about that. They kind of wondered where all of these Muslim fundamentalists came from. But while that sparks a lot of fear uh, in the United States, my sense after a week there was that the Egyptians are not about to go the direction of, say, Iran or Saudi Arabia. They don't want a fundamentalist Islamic state. And while there'll be a big tug of war over the next few months and maybe over the next few years, I suspect that in the end, you're going to end up with a a messy but relatively stable democracy. Let's look elsewhere. The effort by the Arab League to stop the killing in Syria has failed. So what went wrong? Well, part of what went wrong, Kerry, is that President Assad owns all the guns. And so far, the rebels have had a very difficult time uh, getting armed and being able to get organized the way the rebels in Libya did uh, when they ousted Muammar Gaddafi a number of months ago. But the second thing that's happened is they haven't gotten very much help. Uh, The Europeans have shown no interest in coming in. The United States certainly has not. There's been no United Nations resolution. And the result is that the international community just simply has not galvanized itself the way it did in the case of Libya. And the result's somewhat predictable. It looks like President Assad, while badly injured, is going to hold on for a while. In Iran, the oil markets are getting increasingly jittery. A leading Iranian scientist was assassinated last week, and some small attack boats from the Iranian Navy harassed some American warships. How bad could this get? Well, it can get pretty bad, uh, Carrie. I think at this point what we have seen is that the Iranians have declared that with the sanctions escalating, the assassinations of their scientists, which are widely attributed to Israel, uh, escalating as well, they're not going to sit back and take it. But the big question is, uh, will they overreach? Uh, I don't think that they want to get into a direct confrontation with the American Fifth Fleet in the Gulf. Uh, And the oil markets don't seem to believe that they do either, because while the price of oil has edged up, it has certainly not soared. 
But during this election year, this could certainly turn into a quite nasty dispute. And I think it's the one to look for in 2012 as the big international issue that could blow up in the midst of a presidential election. Can President Obama risk a Middle East confrontation in this election year? Well, he certainly doesn't want one. But at a moment that Republicans are arguing that he has not been tough enough on Iran, uh, I think it will be very difficult for him to let any major provocation go by. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you, Kerry. New York Times Chief Washington Correspondent David Sanger. I'm Kerry Nolan, and that's The Washington Report on Classical 105.9 FM, WQXR.